Hello, this is Reverend Erehehme. I'm glad to come to you through this medium. As you listen to the word of God today, I pray that you will be impacted, your life will be transformed, and you experience God. Kingdom blessings. So I'm doing a subject I have entitled, Get Up, Dress Up, and Show Up. Get up, dress up, and show up. Tell somebody sitting by you, when church is going on, as a believer, it is your responsibility to get up, dress up, and show up in the house of God. Put your hands together for Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come with me, if you will, please, to the book of Psalms, also known as David. Amen. Chapter number 46. I'm beginning reading from the verse 1. Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear. Though the earth be removed... And though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, sailor, there is a river, there is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. Oh, Jesus. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early, the hidden rain, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Hallelujah. The prophet David is making Three assertions here. Number one, he is talking about the disorder and the confusion going on in the world. Number two, he was talking about the reaction of the people of God to what was going on in the world. And number three, he is telling us why the people of God are responding to the disorder and the trouble the way they are doing. So number three, the disorder and the confusion in the world, the response of the people of God to the confusion, and why they were behaving that way. Now, let's look at it very closely. If you are observant and if you are conscious of what is going on, you realize that from the year 2000, after Y2K, it looks as if the world is crazy. Amen. Suddenly, natural disasters are increasing in intensity and in frequency. They are happening more and they are more destructive. Number two, global pandemics and disease outbreaks is on the ascendancy. First, there was uh, avian flu, SARS-1, SARS-2, 
Ebola, COVID-19, uh, came with different Delta version, Omicron. <laughs> Everything is happening at a frequency that has not been known earlier on. Amen. Not to talk about wars and economic disorders and confusions where even world leaders don't even know what to do. Amen. It looks as if the subject David was describing in verse 1 and 2 of Psalm 46 is actually what we are seeing in our generation. Amen. Everything is bizarre. But in the midst of this, he said something, but he said, we will not fear. Now, I'm very happy he didn't say I. He said we, which means he was not talking about just himself, but he's talking about everybody whose trust is in Jehovah God. We will not fear. And I like the way he, he said, look, look, let the earth somersault. Let the mountains run into the sea. Let everything become whatever. But we, the people of God, we will not fear. I am here to announce to you that you will not fear. It doesn't matter what happens in the world. You will not fear. It doesn't happen, the confusion going on. You will not fear. Inflation can jump to wherever. You will not fear. Why? Because you have God on your side. So the next thing David talked about was why we are not responding the way everybody is responding. The people of God. He said, number one, because God is our refuge. It doesn't matter what happens. We have a refuge. What is a refuge? A refuge is a hiding place. A place you run to when you are under pressure. Amen. I remember the Bible says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and he's safe. It doesn't matter what is happening. We have a place that we can run to. Can I have an amen? amen. And not only that, he also said, because Jehovah God is our strength. Amen. The reason why the believer is not perturbed by what is going on in the world today is because Jehovah is our strength. We operate not in the strength of the arm of flesh, but we operate in the strength of Jehovah. Amen. Amen. Now, when you operate in the strength of Jehovah, you don't just survive, you thrive. Hallelujah. When you are operating in the strength of Jehovah, it doesn't matter what is happening. You will not just survive, but you will thrive. Hallelujah. And then thirdly, he said the reason why we don't respond the way we respond is because God is our present help. And I love that. Jehovah God is our present help. You didn't hear what I said. I said, Jehovah God is our present help. Can I talk to you about present help? The phrase, that two words, present help, is loaded with revelation. First of all, present help simply means our God is an, ava is an available helper. Somebody say available helper. Say available helper. What does it mean to be an available helper? I don't know whether you have had a situation where you have a friend, somebody, who comes through for you in your time of difficulty. He's your serious helper. And then one day you find yourself in trouble. 
and you decide to call the source of your help, your friend, your brother, your neighbor, and then when you call him, they tell you that the number you are calling is currently unavailable. In your crisis moment, when you desperately need help from that person, you reach out and you are not getting him. Whether genuinely he's not available or he has seen your phone uh, calling him, but he has had enough. So he decides not to take your call. Am I talking to somebody? But our God is an available helper. Anytime you call him, he's available. If somebody listen to me, you call him in the morning, he's available. You call him in the afternoon, he's available. You call him in the evening, he's available. You can call him 12 midnight, he's available. The lies to heaven is always open. So our God is an available helper. Somebody say available helper. Say my God is an available helper. And not only is he an available helper, he is also a willing helper. Somebody say a willing helper. Oh, there are some people that will help you. But whilst they are helping you, they look on their face. And the thing they will say, you will tell yourself, in fact, yes, I'm watching And Kasam women. Amen. They are helping you. They are helping you unwillingly. But our God is not like that. He's a willing helper. I said he is a willing helper. The Bible says in James that if you lack wisdom, ask God. He is the one who will give you generously. And I pray that not. He's a willing helper. Oh, an unwilling helper. You go to somebody who will help you. But they are helping you unwillingly. And they will go like, but I told you. I told you when you were doing this. I told you. Have you seen the job that you are getting yourself into? He will help you. But before he helps you, he will have to rebuke you. But our God is not like that. When he helps, he doesn't rebuke. Amen. And not only that, he is also able helper. A present help means an able helper. Somebody say an able helper. Oh, come on. I love this. Have you found yourself in a situation <laughs> where you go to somebody for help? Pastor, he will tell you, okay, come tomorrow afternoon 3 p.m. And I will give you what you are asking for. And in fact, whilst he was giving you the promise, he really intends to help you. It was a genuine promise which he really intends to carry on. But you go to him the next day, 3 o'clock, and he'll tell you, I am sorry. Due to some circumstances. Hallelujah. I miss you. He intends to fulfill the promise. But as a human being, there is a circumstance beyond his control. And because of that, he is not able to help you. But our God is the omnipotent God. He is the all-powerful God. There is no circumstance beyond his control. And so when he promised, he will keep it. You won't go to God for God to tell you that due to some unforeseen circumstances. Do you know why? Because when God promises you, listen very carefully. Please look here. Look at me. When God promises you, before he gives you the promise, he has taken, because he's all-knowing, he has taken into consideration anything that is likely to happen from the time he gave you the promise to the time that he will fulfill the promise. 
he has taken into consideration the inflation, the economic downturn, including all the witches in your house who will try to oppose you, and he will give you his promise. So nothing is about to surprise him. Say, when God called me and promised to use me and bless me, I had no problem with the promise of God. My problem was with the background from which I was coming. I thought because of the power of the witches in my family, there's no way what God is saying can come to pass. I forgot that my God. My God is an all-powerful God. When he gives you a promise, no witch, no demon, no principality, no surprises can turn his promises away. When he say it, he's an able helper. Somebody say, my God is an able helper. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Did he promise to make you a billionaire? Yes. Will the economic situation of today overturn his promise? No. Because once he was giving you the promise, my God, everything has been considered. No surprises, pastor. No surprises. Listen to me. Okay, let me continue. I'll come there. Are you learning something? Okay. He's also a ready helper. I love that. A ready helper. Somebody will promise you something. And if you say that, I'm expecting something from somebody. If he brings it, I will give it to you. He's willing to help you, but he's not ready. He's waiting on somebody's promise before he can help you. But God is not waiting for anybody. When he promises, he can fulfill the promise all by himself. He's a ready helper. And when he promises, at the time that he should fulfill it, he will fulfill it. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. And he's a generous helper. <laughs> there are two kinds of helpers. Stingy helpers and generous helpers. Our God is a generous helper. Because the last time I checked, when he promises you, he will do it. Amen. When he pours into you, full measure, press down, shaking together, running over, God will not get to you strangely because he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above, far, far above. Hallelujah. And then lastly, but of course, not the least, he's an immediate helper. Amen. When God promises, he's able to synchronize situations. Sometimes, oh Jesus, the other day, the servant of Abraham was going to look for a wife for Isaac. The Bible says he sat by a well and he prayed a very simple prayer. The moment she, he said, Amen, the answer appeared. One of the things that sometimes amazes me about God is how he, how he can synchronize events and the movement of people. 
so that when he wants to help you, you will be at the right time, at the right place, doing the right thing with the right people in the right position. Amen. Jesus. I don't know whether somebody came to me. He said, Pastor, I was looking for a job. No, no, it was even a contract. And he saw that, you know, a lot of people has applied. People with connections. And he didn't have any connection. One day he was at home. In fact, initially when he saw that, this, the person who told him about it, told him that a lot of people with political connections are also applying for that contract. And so, well, if he likes, he can try. Good luck. So, at a point in that, he was like, why do I have to trouble myself? I know I'm not going to get it. Because definitely protocol will be coming from up there. So, he was at home when the Holy Spirit impressed upon him, write the application letter right now. And go to the office of the CEO and present the application. And he was I don't know the man. But something was pressing him to do it. So, he just wrote it. Just got up, dressed up, and he showed up. At the office of the CEO. Amen. When he went there, he saw the secretary and said, "Uh, I want to see the CEO. And he asked, do you have an appointment? He said, no. He said, "Uh, then I'm sorry. I can't let you go and see him. He said, no, it's very urgent. So the secretary told him, there's somebody with the CEO. So you wait. When the person comes out, I'll go and announce to him that somebody wants to see him. And if he says, I should bring you, fine. If he says no, then that is, that is it. I can't do anything about it. He said, that's fair. So he sat down. After 20 minutes, he heard that some people were laughing in the CEO's office. And then the door opened and then somebody came out. He looked at the man and he said, wow. Apparently, they were mates in the university. In fact, not only were they mates, they were roommates and steady mates because they were all doing the same subject. The man said, Go, what are you doing here? He said, Wow, well, so after changing the place, he said, What are you doing here? He said, I came to present my uh, whatever corner. <laughs> May the Lord orchestrate yourselves. May the Lord orchestrate yourselves. So that you will be at the right place at the right time in times of need to get the person who will open the door for you. Receive that grace in Jesus' name. Because say, uh, Madame Funio, Patrol Contractor, Fabano. Case close. May the Lord surprise you. May the Lord surprise you. May doors be open to you. May you find yourself at the right time at the right place, doing the right thing, among the right people. May the Lord organize your steps. Do you know, do you know, please sit down, that God organized the steps of David when it came to his confrontation with Goliath? The day the Lord opened my eyes to see this, I was flabbergasted. According to the Bible, Goliath will come in the morning around 9 a.m. and make his announcement. And then he will go and have a long siesta and come again at 3 p.m. 
and make the announcement. That will be it for the day. For 40 days. One day. When the day came for David to show up, the Lord organized the steps of David for him to get at the battleground just when Goliath was coming to make the announcement. If he has been one hour early, he wouldn't have seen Goliath. If he had been one hour late, he wouldn't have seen Goliath. But the day was his day of manifestation. And the Lord organized his steps to be there at the right time. May the Lord organize your step to be where you want to be, where you must be at the right time so that your miracle will never pass you by. Receive that grace in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Sometimes the devil will rush you so that your miracle will pass you by. Sometimes he will delay you so that your miracle will pass you by, but not in your case. I said not in your case. I abolish that in your life. I abolish that in your life. Many people are stagnant in life not because God has not opened a door for them, but the enemy has been messing up with your miracle. But that mess up is ending today. I said it is ending today. I said it is ending today. Beginning from today, you will be at the right place, at the right time, meeting the right people, doing the right thing because of your favor. Receive it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. But David says something that is very interesting. It looks as if everything that he has said is premised on something. Let's read the verse 4. Can somebody read the verse 4 and the verse 5 for me? Hello. I am an interactive preacher, so I like to preach with Psalm 46 verse 4. Uh-huh. There is a river. There is a river. Whose streams uh-huh. shall make glad to uh-huh. the city of God. Okay. The holy place of the tabernacle of the most high. Wait. So what is David saying here? He's saying that all these blessings and the miracles I'm talking about can be activated or can be assessed at a certain place. There is a river. The streams of which will make glad. The city and the tabernacles of the most high God. Hallelujah. Now what he is saying simply is this. For those who want to assess this must regularly report to a certain place which he called the tabernacles of our God. Now note the word the tabernacles. He didn't say the tabernacle. If he has said the tabernacle, he is talking about just one place. Are you following me? I'm teaching now. Amen. Enough of excitement. Now let's come for information. Amen. He is talking about certain locations. Certain locations. If he has said a tabernacle, maybe you would think it's just the temple in Jerusalem. But he said tabernacles because the temple in Jerusalem in our generation has been multiplied in the local assemblies of the Christian church. So the position David is talking about here is in church. In other words, he's saying that for those who are regularly reporting in the house of God, these blessings will be the apostle. 
This is where the rubber meets the road. Amen? So if you are a believer and you don't report regularly in the house of God, the enemy can mess your life up by interfering with your movement and the things that pertains to you. But for those who report in the house of God, in the tabernacles of God, God has a way of working on our behalf so that what belongs to us will come to us at the right time. Amen. So as a child of God, when it is time for church, you get up, you dress up, and you show up. As a child of God, because you need to regularly report in the house of God for these blessings to help you. Let's look at the same thing. It is confirmed. David himself confirmed this somewhere else. I want us to look at it, please. Psalm 27. Thank you, Lord Jesus. From verse 1. My brother, please read it for me. Today I'm preaching with you. Psalm 27, verse okay. 1. Okay. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? That is the question. The Lord and is the, the answer is none. Hallelujah. Continue. The Lord is the strength of my life. Uh-huh. Of whom shall I be afraid? The answer is nobody. Continue. When the wicked came against me. When the wicked came against me. To eat up my flesh. Wait. But I think, I used to think that it's only in the Akan or African tradition that we have flesh-eating enemies. <laughs> I pray they were also in David's time. Hallelujah. He said, when my enemies come to eat up my flesh, what will happen to them? They stumbled and fell. Okay. Continue. Though an army may encamp against me, me, my heart shall not fear. Continue. Though war may rise against me, Uh in this I will be confident. Continue. One thing I have desired of the Lord. One thing I have desired of the Lord. Anytime I go down on my knees to pray, there is a prayer topic I repeat regularly. Continue. That will I seek that I may dwell in the house wait, of wait, the wait. Lord. Not only do I pray about it, I also actively pursue that one thing. Now, not very carefully. Not very carefully. He said, this is one thing I have requested of the Lord and also I pursue actively. Uh-huh. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord. Definitely, he's not talking about taking his bed or whatever and going to sleep in the church. No. What he's saying is that I will be there too regularly. That it will almost look as if I live there. Hallelujah. All the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire In his temple. Thank you. What is David saying here? David is saying, as for me, David, I don't really care who hates me or who loves me. I don't care who is plotting against me, who is doing whatever against me. Those things are not my concern. 
my concern is that I want to dwell in the house of the Lord because for so long as I am dwelling in the house of the Lord, I'm good to go. I'm covered. Now, you see, let me say this. There is this erroneous thinking that our church cannot save us. In a sense, it is true. Being a churchgoer alone will not save you. Salvation is by faith in Christ. But listen to me. You can never thrive as a believer if you take your church attendance for granted. And that is what David is confirming here. He said, no, many of you are, you know, you want to know who doesn't like you. You want to know the witches in your family who are planning against you. You want to know who is trying to, you know, to pay you at your office and doing us. You, that is your concern. David said, those things, they don't concern me. My concern is that I have to dwell in the house of the Lord. Because so long as I am dwelling in the house of the Lord, I am immune to the machinations of my enemies. That is what David is saying. Amen. David is saying, well, don't come to me think, talking to me about who doesn't love me, who hates me, who is doing what. Those things are not my concern. Because if I follow those things, my heart will faint me. But I don't want my heart to faint. All I want to do is that I want to report in the house of God. If something is going on, I will dress, I will get up, I will dress up and show up. Once I'm showing up, I'm okay. That is what David is saying. Can I tell you something? People who are lackadaisical about their church attendance and their commitment to the house of God are always getting into trouble. The moment they exit one trouble, they walk right into another. The moment they exit, so it looks as if as for you, trouble after trouble, and you are crying. No, 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 don't cry. Just determine that henceforth. And henceforth. I said henceforth, when church is happening, you will get up, you will dress up, and you show up. Once you are regular in, listen to what David is saying. Please, can you put that scripture back there? That scripture. One thing I have desired of the Lord, and that also will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Because when I do that, I will behold the beauty of the Lord. What does that mean? The word beauty there also means glory. Somebody say glory. glory. Say glory. glory. Say glory. glory. David was saying that, you see, once I am tapping and connecting to the glory of God regularly, there is something about the glory of God that will rub off on me. And that will immune me. Against everything my enemies are doing against me. Do you remember the other day when Moses has been on the mountaintop for 40 days and 40 nights, robbing off the glory of God? The glory rubbed off on him so much that when he came down, people could not even look at him on the face. Somebody say the corporate anointing. Okay. When we come together as a church, no, the church service is not just a physical gathering, no. It's a deep spiritual something. When we come together as a church, things happen here that if you have eyes to see, you will see that you have had an encounter with Jehovah God. When we come together as a church. 
to show you something. Second Chronicles chapter number five. Please, quickly. We'll come back to the scripture, but let's look at something. Second Chronicles chapter number five. Verse 13, please. Okay. Indeed, it came to pass when trumpeters, when the trumpeters and singers were as one, just like we saw here when the choir was ministering, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking God. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals, their voice, their voice, in the church we must have one voice. I said in the church we must have one voice. Different voices will dispense the anointing. One voice will invoke the presence of God. Continue. And cymbals and instruments of music and praise the Lord saying, for he is good, for his mercies endure forever. That the house, the house of the Lord, was filled with a cloud. Uh-huh. So that the priest could not continue ministry because, the cl- because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. When we come together and we get it right. When we come together and we get it right. When we come together and we get it right. We invoke the presence of God and it comes like a cloud. It is the corporate anointing. And when you tap, you see, there are three kinds of anointings. We have the believer's anointing. We have the ministry anointing. And we have the corporate anointing. Of all the three, the most powerful is the corporate anointing. The believer's anointing is the anointing you receive when you got born again. That is what helps you when you study the Bible, you pray and all that. The minister's anointing is given to you when you are ministering in a department in the house of God. But the corporate anointing is what comes down when we come together as a church. And it is the most powerful. Now listen to this. As a believer, your believer's anointing is serviced Your believer's anointing is serviced. I say that again. Your believer's anointing is serviced by the corporate anointing. You see, you carry a measure of anointing. But that, that, by that anointing, you go out there, you interact with people. Sometimes you even fight with people. People don't like you. They see you. We're bringing you. <laughs> and all that. Whilst they do that, managing the stress of life and the demands of life has a way of dwindling your anointing. Hello? It's like a cell phone. You charge it, your battery is full, you make calls, you browse, you send messages, and all that, they all cause the battery to run down. But thank God, you have electricity at home. So when you go home, you reconnect, and you are recharged. This is what happens to the believer. By anointing, you go out there, manage the demands of life. By the time you come down, your spiritual battery is gone down. So you see, when church service is going on, you come, you attend the service, whilst there's a Richard. Many believers, spiritually speaking, pastor, are running on low battery. How do you know you are running on low battery? You are easily angry. You are always tired. You are bored with life. 
no believer whose spiritual battery is full will ever be bored. Do you know why? Because the joy of the Lord. The joy. It doesn't matter what is happening around you. Because your spiritual battery is full, you are walking in the joy of the Lord. You don't get bored. You are always bubbling with activity. You are alive. Hallelujah. Can you just imagine a believer? You sleep. You are supposed to rest and wake up in the morning refreshed. But you wake up tired. Can I tell you what is happening to you? Check your spiritual battery. And let me tell you something. Your spiritual battery is charged when you connect to the corporate anointing. That is why when church is going on, you have to get up and dress up and show up. Let me tell you something. What I'm talking about cannot happen to you if you are joining the church online. Now, online church is, suppo is supposed not to be an alternate arrangement. And I said it at, at Greater West. Online church service is not an alternate arrangement. It's not like it is there so that you wake up Sunday morning and you are like, um, online or in person, online or in person. Today I will do online. No, 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 no. It is an emergency arrangement. It is something that has been put in place so that if for some reason there is no way you can be in church, then you can connect online. It's not an alternate arrangement. It's not like you can choose between. Your responsibility is to get up, dress up, and show up. It doesn't hindering you. Is somebody with me? Hallelujah. That is what you have to do. Because when you come, you connect to the corporate anointing. And when you connect to the corporate anointing, the glory of the Lord rose over. I don't know whether you have noticed this. When we come to church, and on that day, church is good. We get everything right. And the glory of God comes down. And people are affected by it. And anyway, when you come to church, just don't show up. When you show up, open up the channels of your spirit. Open up the channels of your spirit. Let the corporate anointing affect you. And anytime that happens, Pastor, when we close church, we don't want to go home. It's like they have come alive. The way they are even talking to each other, it's like something has just come alive in them. What happened? The glory of the Lord has rubbed off on you. Your battery is now full. You are now ready to go out there and face the world because you have been equipped to walk in victory. Amen. He says, so that I will see the glory of it. And then he says something again. How many minutes do I have? Okay, thank you. What did he say again? Verse 5. That I will inquire. Not only to behold the beauty, which is the glory, but also to inquire in, in the house of the Lord. What is he talking about? Inquire simply means you are seeking information. And in this context, it means you are getting knowledge and you are getting wisdom. Somebody say knowledge and wisdom. When you inquire in the house of the Lord, you get knowledge and you get wisdom. Amen. The knowledge comes from the word that is being preached the way that is being taught, the prophetic direction that is coming. By these two, three avenues, we get information or we get knowledge. Number two, as you interact with God 
and his anointing rolls off on you, you also receive the wisdom of God from your connection to the corporate anointing. Amen. Somebody say knowledge, wisdom. Knowledge, wisdom. Knowledge, wisdom. Isaiah 33 verse 6. My brother, thank you. Isaiah 33 verse 6. Uh -huh. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. Thank you. And the strength of, your sal of salvation, the fear of the Lord is his treasure. I want to zero in on the A. Wisdom and knowledge shall be what? The stability. The stability. And I love that. Pastor, if somebody is going to a good church, like Open Heavens, ICGC, and the person is getting knowledge, good information, not apophy, good information from this church, and he's getting wisdom by interacting with the presence of God, that person will be stable in life. And I like the words, your times, your times, your times, your times, our time, our time, not prophet Isaiah's time, our time, our time when there is total confusion, our time when there is political instability across the globe, our time when economics is, is just so confusing, nobody knows what to do, our time, our time. Our time. If you want your life to be stable, if you want your personal financial system to be stable, if you want your health to be stable, if you want everything about you to be stable, this is it. Knowledge and wisdom. Isn't it amazing the way our generation, even believers, are always running? To, it looks as if our lives are being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Today, this person is here. Everybody is trodden there. Today, this is happening here. Everybody is trodden there. Today, this person is on, on air. Everybody is listening to him. Today, this... And I'm like, what are you looking for? Amen. Can I be very sincere with you? Oh, please, talk to me. Can I be very sincere with you? Staying here. Listen to the servant of God. And being part of the program that are being organized here. You are here for weekday service. Sunday service. Every program you are part of it. And you are praying here. Believe you me. Believe you me. That is enough for your Christian life. Sometimes believers behave as if what are you looking for? What are you looking for? This place is okay. Oh, Jesus. Look, have rest for your soul. Can I tell you something? Jesus said, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you, I will give you rest. But there are some believers who are come to Christ, but still they have not found that rest. Every time they are going somewhere, every time they are running somewhere, it looks as if they are looking for something and that thing is eluding them every turn of the way. 
The solution is very simple. Stay in the house of God. Stay in the house of God. My brother, my sister, stay in the house of God. Just being here and doing what you are told is enough to bring you into your inheritance and into your abundance. Enough. Enough. Sometimes I look at somebody like Dr. Otava. I mean, the guy is very simple. He doesn't take the word of God, church and I. He just takes the word of God as it is. And he follows it. And he does what the word of God says he's doing. And the guy is good. I mean, he is good. He's making impact all over the world. Can't you follow him? Look at your pastor. Doing what the word of God says he should do. He's not going somewhere doing that. And, and no, 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 no. You don't need that. That is not rest. That is restlessness. Amen. Stay in the house of God. I like this song by, uh, is it? Oh, this South African group. Joyous celebration. He said, I know where place I can always run to. In times of distress, confusion and fear. When my enemies surround me, I know with you I am saying, for you will keep me and guide me in the shadow of your way. Oh, I know a place I can always run to. In times of distress, Confusion and fear when my enemies surround me, Lord, with you, I know I am saved. For you will keep me and hide me in the shadow of your Oh, in the shadow of your ways, I know I am saved. In the shadow of your way. I find relief. Will you will hold me and you guide me. With your righteous hand, I find rest, peace of mind. In the shadow of your wings, in the shadow of your wings, I know I am safe. In the shadow of your wings. I find relief For you will hold me as you guide me With your righteousness I find rest, peace of mind In the shadow of your wings I am saved In the shadow of your the way, the shadow of the wings of God I in the house of God, in the church which you belong, the shadow of you is, oh, I am saved, in the shadow I am not going anywhere, I'm married in the house of God, but I am saved, I am saved, in the shadow of Yes, Lord, I am 
imagine a car that has lost connection with its steering wheel going at 120 kilometers per hour <laughs> without control on the steering wheel it will crash or will it crash yeah that is what happens to a believer when he's unstable and wants to advance that is why God will not help you to advance when you are unstable because you go and crash amen but when you are stable, then you are ready to go forward. May the Lord make you stable. May the Lord make you stable. May the Lord make you stable. And that the wings of the open heaven temple, may the Lord make you stable here. And may that stability be accompanied by advancement that will take you into your inheritance. May you possess your possessions and inherit your inheritance in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I am saved in the shadow of your wings. <laughs> 